The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's lineup is Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Jeff Mills, and Guy Adami. Here's what's on deck as the rally rages on. There is one chart that signals even bigger gains for stocks this year. If history is any indication, we will explain. Plus, gold is surging, but that shouldn't surprise you if you listen to the chart master, and he is back to tell you how long this golden rally will last. But first, a big week for stocks, all three of the major indices hitting the highest level since the beginning of December. Also, the Dow locking in its sixth straight week of gains as the Fed holds steady and earnings roll in, and it is the final countdown. To another big week of earnings that could tip the market in one direction or another. General Motors, Twitter, Alphabet, Disney all on deck. GM and Twitter, the two standouts of the group this year. So we thought it would be a perfect time to play a little trade it or fade it right off the top. It's a Friday show. So, Guy, we're going to start off with you. Europe for you. You This week has been Europe. Yeah. I mean, it's been horrible music week on Fast Money. That, yes. Oh, come on. I mean, this is a Geico commercial. Oh, because we had Survivor, Eye of the Tiger, Eye of the Tiger, which the is the top three that's, worst songs of all time. But oh, we're going to play Trade It or Fade It. It's Alphabet, a Friday show. Alphabet, the stock's up 7% this year. Trade It or Fade It. Stock's up 7%. It's up 12% over the last probably couple weeks. And you're going to say, most people would say, trade this sucker. It's a compelling valuations, great company. Swizzle here saying, ready? Fade It. Put oh. up that graphic right there. See, see Fade It. And why would you say that, guy? Why, guy? Well, the last two quarters, the stock has traded down 5%. They've only really beat EPS estimates 11 out of the last 20 quarters. Pretty much the same thing with revenue. I think they're setting up for a disappointment. I'm in the fade camp. I'm definitely a trade. Look, valuation to me is very compelling. Multiple businesses that are undervalued, including YouTube, which they're starting to really begin to monetize. I think the regulatory headwind has been well flagged. Uh, and I think Google management of all the big tech management teams that actually have this kind of exposure seems to me the most balanced in terms of how they're preparing it. And, and I, I think whether perception is reality, Investors don't think that these guys have a business model that is flawed, and I think that's really what it comes. You mean down like to. a Facebook problem? I'm not going to say it. I, I don't think privacy concerns. I don't think privacy. I don't think privacy concerns are done yet, right? I mean, there's still a headwind for. So it may have a little bit of a Facebook problem. It, it, I think it has a Facebook problem, uh, much less than Facebook's Facebook problem. Right. But technically, it's challenged. Uh-huh. Right now, it's running into tremendous headwinds. I do think you're going to see the stock roll over. Right. Um, I, I think costs are going up too. You like and tech, you, you have YouTube yeah. content costs are, are, are going up, but they usually go up 
at the tail end of the year. The strong dollar has been a headwind, mm. and it's strengthening to, through the quarter. I do still like tech. You know, typically, and I think about things from a more macro perspective, right? So when we think about sector rotation, we think about it from a business cycle perspective. So if we're right and the economy actually is slowing down, it's going to continue to grow, but at a slowing pace, typically tech does well. Investors look for companies that can grow. Increase productivity, when, et cetera. When growth is slowing, increase productivity. So we still think the sector as a whole can do well. All right, let's uh, move, on, move along. General Motors, mm. it is up 16% this year. Traded or faded, Tim? I'm definitely trading this one. I'm the most excited about the of these names. Look, the, the fact that this company continues to generate four billion in free cash flow. Wait, 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 wait. We have You're to trade issue it. a correction. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Whoa. God. Whoa. We're looking out um, for you. Ultimately, this is a company, despite <laughs> all of the, the the negative chatter about the price action of the company, uh, they've actually continued to perform. They gave us updated numbers: 2019 at 670 a share. This is 5.7 times earnings for a company that's invested massively in autonomous. It's very well run. Mary Barra is my candidate to run for president as far as I'm concerned. No. I love this company. Yeah, this, this is one where I would fade it on this one. The 24% up since uh, December, basically, had a large move right out of their shareholder investor meeting. I think a lot of this is already in the stock. And all the good news that Tim said, the stock never holds the good price. It always rolls over regardless of the positive headlines in the name. How's the stock market done over the last, let's say, I don't know, eight years, Mel? Eight years. I don't like where you're going with this. Well, well. pretty well. Jeff, uh, Jeff's yeah. answered my and question. GM, so you're going to say GM has underperformed. Underperformed? I mean, where's the stock close? 38 and a half? You know where it was in this time, 2010? I don't know. So you're playing, and and you're playing and the stock market I mean, in the last eight years? Stock Come market's on, done extraordinarily well. Auto sales have been historic auto sales, and GM can't get out of its own way. Mm. So who's to say that it's going to do that now? So I'm inclined to be in the Steve Grosso camp of... Faded. Well, if you think about it from a sector perspective, too, and this isn't GM specific, but it's autos, it's discretionary. You've seen this massive rotation into names and sectors that didn't do so well last year. So the presumption is that's going to continue going forward. My guess, again, if the economy continues to slow, what you're going to see is a rotation out of those sectors, back into tech, back into healthcare, even utilities. If things start to really slow, that's what usually does well in a slowing expansion phase of the economy. Wow, so you're really going kind of defensive overall. It's it a bar, like. it's a yeah. little bit of a barbell approach, yeah. I would say. You know, tech a little bit less defensive, but then the other sectors maybe more so. And and, and unusual, it's it might be a little bit unusual to think about that, but that's how it tends to play out. You be careful though, because when it does eventually turn, tech gets hit hard. All right, Disney up two percent this year. Traded or faded, Grasso? Uh, I'm going to say fade this one as well. It's a, so far across the board faded. This one technically is challenged as well. And, and no one's complaining about the revenues. No one's complaining about their streaming, ESPN, their Disney. They're going to be successful. The problem is the stock is running into headwinds as well, and it's run considerably into this into the spot when they report. Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, Bob Iger, I think he makes, what, 60-something million dollars a year? I mean, that's not a bad job if you can get it because the stock is basically traded... That's him. It's, it's, That's him. Um, He's correcting the number you make. He's at 5 o'clock every day, Guy. It is, Bob. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to have to. That. I don't I'm even not have the only one. Total party it pal. Man, wow. Anyway, fade it. Okay. Fade it. I mean, I don't know why he has to call now. He knows we do a TV show. But I apologize <laughs> for insulting you. But the stock is 111 now. It was 111 three years ago. 
I think to Steve's point, it runs into trouble here. I'm in the fade. So you guys are talking about sectors. I'm going to trade this one. And relative to its peer group, this guy continues to outperform. Disney is the most diversified media company. Media companies were knocked down aggressively 15 months ago. The entire sector multiple compressed. I actually think people are understanding the dynamic of both the control of content. Disney has articulated and seems to be executing on a over-the-top content and delivery system that's working. ESPN has solved their problems for the most part. Um, I, I don't know why you would pick at least any other name in the sector. Frankly, Disney continues to perform in a bad environment. Disney. By the way, that was such a Tim move. I know. You know what's funny is every night before the show, you know what? You know I say, what? Tim, shut your phone off. And right. I didn't say it to I've been a really good boy really for a couple amazing. weeks. Why does guys miss you becoming a look at Tim and what fair. he does No, it's fair. It's a fair All point. Right. Fair. All right, let's move on. S&P 500, Jeff, traded or faded here? So, obviously, it always depends on your time horizon. Um, I think if you're going to be in the market for the whole year, you should probably trade it. I don't think it's going to be a straight line higher. I think over the next month, you might see a little bit of a give back. You have 85% of names right now trading above their 50-day moving average, so maybe a little bit overbought. The V bottom that we've seen, not the norm. So if we give a, if we give a little bit back, I think that makes some sense. Once the market starts to turn its attention to earnings, we do believe earnings are going to be able to grow. With the Fed now out of the way, you can probably maintain the multiple expansion we've seen so far at the very least. And then interestingly, January, when you have strong January, you usually have strong full years, right? 2018, the big exception there. The big difference is in that 2018, via the conference board survey, 51% of investors expected higher stocks a year later. That 51% is the highest reading we've seen in over a decade by a long shot. Today, only 31%. So I think some of that exuberance has come out of the market, and I think that's a good setup for the year. Mel, you know, we like to do, you and I, every once in a while, we, we text each other. What do we do? Haikus. We haikus, text in yes. haiku. Five, seven, five. You know what a great haiku word is? And it's a hard equivocation. Equivocation. Yeah, that's good. And there was some equivocation going on here. Am I, am I right? Am I right? I would say, yeah, long term, probably goes higher. Short term, I think you faded here at 2710. Yeah. I think Mr. Grasso would be in the same camp. Fade that sucker. So, that so we're at the higher end of the sell range in the S&P. It's 2715. Guy just talked about it. That's where you want to sell it. The last gasp in this rally is going to be yeah. the China trade deal. Once that gets done, it's the only thing that's holding this market up right now. Once it gets the done, hope of a deal. Look, the uh, hope of a deal, when the deal gets done, the market should start to collapse, so I would fade it. Look, everybody's been expecting this market to sell off. The pain trade is higher. Uh, the reality is that earnings have proven that the U.S. economy is continuing to deliver for a lot of these companies. I don't change suddenly and say, hey, it's full steam ahead. But I can tell you right now, there's a lot of money that continues to want to take this thing higher. So I think the pain trade is, I, I get that. And, it can, and, and we said that 200 p points ago on the S&P. So, it, I mean, but these I, are, I think if you look are... at the multiples, if you look at the earnings that have come through, um, the fact if you're talking about a China deal, if between that and the Fed out of the way. These are the two Fed's things. Fed's not that out of the, the way. That, that, this, you, you guys both said that. The Fed's not out of the way. The Fed is, is, might raise rates. They're not out of the way. They're not cutting rates. That would be out of the way. QT is still coming off to the tune of $400 billion per year. That's not out of the way. <laughs> how, come, how come Tim didn't get a traded uh, little banner when he traded the S&P? It didn't go ding. I'm not. In, I don't have any well. buttons in front of me. I'm not See, in there charge you go. I just I made it happen right like there. Right. On top of your game. Other than the phone? Right on top I don't know. It's never happened anyway, before. It's the craziest thing. Please. Let's keep All right. <laughs> Jeff has actually brought a chart. He is trading the S&P 500. Um, and this chart, you say, will point to a mega rally this year? 
I think it points to the possibility of higher levels. I don't know. Okay. Says, Slightly different than a mega rally. It well, says, it's a rally of some sort. It says party like it's 1985. I don't know if the party's going to be as fun as 1985, but probably <laughs> worth going to. But I think it speaks to how important the Fed is to multiples, what investors are willing to pay for every dollar of earnings, even in the face of an earnings deceleration. You saw it in the mid-90s. This is a better example. So in 1984, you had great earnings growth, over 20%. But you had a Fed that was hiking rates in the face of that, so you had massive multiple compression, not unlike what we saw in 2018. Mm -hmm. You fast forward to 1985, you saw a big earnings deceleration, actually negative earnings growth in 85, which is probably more dramatic than what we'll see this year. But then you had a Fed back off. And yes, the Fed actually started to cut rates in the mid-80s. So different than what we're going through now. But multiples reaccelerated dramatically, and the market was up over 25%. Again, probably shouldn't expect over 25% as your base case for 19. But it is a very similar pattern in terms of earnings deceleration that could be met with higher multiples because the Fed's no longer tightening policy. The, the key that you just made was the Fed, that what's different about this time than the last time was the Fed was cutting rates. We're not Starting cu- we're mid, not cutting. mid that year. Right. So Although Fed cutting. Fund Futures prices in a cut in this back half of the year at this point. Fed fund futures are, are positive now in real terms. Look, if the Fed two, starts cutting okay. rates, we've got problems. 2.4% two, so, uh, minus CPI, basically, you still have a real rate of a half a percent. So they're, they're not easy right but now. But why do you not say there's problems? Because in that, according to that chart, there weren't problems that year, uh, at I'm least for I'm stocks. I'm saying if, if the Federal Reserve is cutting rates mm-hmm. in, in 2019, I think the market has big problems, well, I think I, the, which I, is not what you're saying. No, but the, ba- the bad scenario is that if the Fed not hiking makes people think that the economy is actually worse than they already thought it was. I think the market's probably smart enough to be able to come to their own conclusion as to whether we're going into a recession or not. But I do think the fact that if the Fed does not hike at all this year, you could see multiples at least maintain the turn that we've already seen higher, if not go higher. All right, coming up. Well, stocks are soaring this week, so was gold. The chart master called the golden rally, uh-huh. and you will not believe what he sees uh, next for the yellow metal. Plus, it's fast food fever as a group soars, but there is one stock the traders think is overheating. They will break down the trade. We're live from Times Square in New York City, much more fast right after this. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Welcome back to Fast Money. Back in December, the chart master Carter Worth said gold was about to break out. Here's gold going back to the lows of the 1990s. Here's the well-defined tension. We are right into the apex of this standoff. I suppose you could bet that it's going to break the downside, not the bet that I would make. I would say gold likely resolves this standoff up and out. Since that December call, gold is surging, and today the metal hit its highest level since April. But Carter says the golden rally is not over. It's about to shine on. Carter, what are you looking at? Well, you know, commodities, as much as anything, have a way of getting much worse than imagination will allow and, of course, can surge. And I think that's what's going on here. I think you've got plenty more to go. Let's draw some lines. So no drawings or annotations by me, but one thing you surely can kind of see is this formation and that sort of neckline. There's a lot of tension here to basically get resolved up. Um, Let's just go to the next chart and see what you can see with just the downtrend line, same chart. And what's key is 
And you can see this here. We've just started to move above the downtrend line from the all-time peak back in 2011. Uh, let's draw it another way. It doesn't have to be a head and shoulders. You can call it a cup and handle. But it all points to a resolution higher, despite the uh, little bit of strength we've seen already. And then the long-term chart. Um, Cisco is worth more than any company in the world, and gold is, no one wants it, down in 1999. And what we have is, again, this well-defined setup, a lot of tension. And here, too, we're just starting to get above and break out from that level. And then also this. Gold, same chart, but it's relative performance to all commodities. This is setting up for a pretty important breakout on a relative basis to uh, all-time highs. I like it a lot. And then finally, if we were to have a vehicle, of course, a GLD is as good as any. It's all very symmetrical. You can see the head and shoulders. You can see the cup and handle. Um, one way I would draw the lines is as follows. There's symmetry. The setup is right. In principle, this part here corresponds to this part here. Higher. I like it. Does it matter what the dollar does, Carter? I mean, no, it does, important. but I mean, in terms of the charts and correlations and things sure. like that. It's important. The dollar's been a little slumpish, and one could say that's what's caused some of this. But uh, there are great periods of time where the currency and the commodity are not inversely correlated. I think gold's got its own momentum now, and uh, it's telling, of course, what's been released by the Fed, the way the Japanese yen is acting. This all is setting up for something that would suggest higher gold prices and um, trouble for equities, trouble for the economy. All right. Carter, thank you. We'll see you on Options Action. He is not coming back to the desk. What? Mm. Just to be clear, mm. nobody walks over here by accident. Uh, should we be worried that gold is seeing this rally? Well, should you be worried in terms of what it means for the equity yes, market? Yes, Probably yes. yes. But if you're, if you're in the gold camp, I'm totally with Carter. And don't underestimate, by the way, the situation in Venezuela, who asked for their $1.2 billion worth of gold back from the Bank of England, and were basically told, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I think that's playing into this as well. Central banks are buying gold. I think a weaker dollar clearly helps. I, I think gold years. goes higher. Highest demand from central banks in 50 years. And GDX, the gold ETF, the gold miners ETF, usually outperforms three to one on GLD. And that's no exception to now. It's up 23%. Basically, while the market was collapsing, GDX is up 23%. But, but how far is gold going to run? You know, 1350 to 1370, you have five-year resistance. I, I get the fact that gold is all the things that it is. And, and I don't hate gold here. I, I just simply think gold has been unloved. It's underowned. There's a dynamic yeah. here where you've actually traded and faded out of crypto. A lot of that's gone back into gold. That was one of the things that put pressure on gold. So um, gold miners actually look interesting, except for the fact that they're, they're, they're merging out of weakness, not out of strength right now. And they're running themselves better. So GDX is good because, yes, I think mining companies do run better. Gold's a tough one for us because we think about from a long-term strategic asset allocation standpoint, we don't allocate to gold. We don't allocate to real assets. Most of the time, people do because they're trying to hedge inflation. We think you can do that better in other asset classes. But really, the bottom you saw in gold was in that first week of October. In, in, um, recession fears perked up. People were really worried about a hard landing in the economy. I think you saw the employment report this morning. You saw ISM manufacturing back over 56. I think the case for a soft landing is becoming better and better. So potentially, as that materializes, I think growth could lose some momentum. All right. As I mentioned, we're going to see Carter in just a few minutes on Options Action, where he is going to be sounding the alarm on one big earnings loser next week. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC First and Business Worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialised across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. The Super Bowl is this Sunday, and it will be Tom Brady's ninth appearance at the big game. So what has changed since his first championship back in 2002? Let's go to Eric Chemi in Atlanta ahead of Sunday's showdown. Hey, Eric. That's right, Melissa. Sunday, it's coming up real fast. But think about 17 years ago, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the Patriots against the Rams. They've been here for 17 years. You know what hasn't existed that long? iPhones, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Gmail, Android. All these products that have defined our lives this century, this generation, they didn't exist, but Brady and Belichick, they're still here. Think about the price of milk 17 years ago, the price of gas, housing prices, the richest person, the richest company in the world. They're all totally different, and they're still here. We actually talked with Scott Hansen of the NFL Red Zone, the NFL Network, how social media and all this technology, the communications are changing the game for him and their sport. As Bill Belichick refers to social media as uh, you face, uh, I, I think it has changed things because it's a pipeline of information. And you can watch it all on NFL Red Zone and then chat about it with someone in Vancouver, Canada on your Twitter or your Instagram. And it means more eyeballs uh, on our sport. So we know over 100 million people are going to watch this weekend, but so many more are going to be using all those technologies this weekend, this weekend that didn't exist 17 years ago. Back to you guys in the studio. Eric, thank you. Have fun. Eric Chemi in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. Okay, so that's nine years ago, Nine right? years. Nine years from now, what won't exist? Probably me. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you get to my age, it's not a lot of time left. I mean, that's unfortunate, but probably true. Maybe truck drivers. You ever think about that? The uh -huh. old truck drivers going across country. These autonomous vehicles going to take over. But you know what doesn't change? What? The hard work and attention to detail, which is why Tom Brady, love him or hate him, I happen to love him, 17, is a stud. 17 years, by the way, I stand corrected. 17 years. Tom Brady's ninth appearance. Yeah, look, nothing short, uh, short of extraordinary for a guy that you know essentially faced the Rams back in the day, and those two franchises went in very different directions. Uh, I think, you know, bottom line is I think this is the Rams' turn, and I think it's, it's oh. certainly going to be. Wait, so that's your prediction? It's that time. Because that's, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what we're we doing. Yeah, Rams. Wow. Awesome. How do you hate a winner? You can't hate a winner. You got to go Patriots. I mean, the kids got the goods. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying you hate him. I'm just most people don't like the guy. I don't know why. You got to go for the Patriots. Jeff Mills. I've got a soft spot in my heart for Boston, so I'm going to go with the Patriots. My oldest daughter, Harper, was born in Boston. And remember, I'm a Philly guy. We sent them home crying last year, so I'll <laughs> give them this year. Patriots. Let me be crystal clear here. Yes. I'm not a Boston fan. I mean, it's a nice city. Yes. But I think they would respect the fact that, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. I don't like the Red Sox. Sure. Yeah. I don't sure. particularly like the Patriots. But I happen to respect excellence, and that's what the Patriots are. And I'm going to give you a final score there, Melms. You might want to oh, write a this score down. Also, is this your box? 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to show that on TV. Anyway, but what is 35, it? 3520 we'll pets. We'll see. <laughs> on that note, final trade time, Tim Seymour. Final trade. Yeah, it, I traded earlier in the show. I think GM again because it hasn't run and the valuation is very impressive. I think that's the name you buy right here. Steve Grasso. Cannabis names have been on fire this last month. Since December, you've had Kronos up 130%. You've had Canopy Growth up 100%. I'm long both names. Kronos. Kronos. What? So go out and buy it. Yeah, go out and buy it. Jeff Mills. Take a look at EEM, emerging markets. It's at a critical juncture right now, 200-day moving average. I like the relative valuation. Potential catalyst would be a softer dollar and something positive happening on trade EEM. Guy. Will you make me a promise that you watch the game? You don't watch it with a magazine or some, some Apple device in front of you. Watch the game. Enjoy the, the game. The whole entire game. Entire she thing. will not. I know her. I mean, that's not a particularly. Come on. You know me too. I mean, yeah. Final okay. trade. The guidance should have taken the stock lower. <laughs> went higher. That's a tell, Mel. All right. That does it for us. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.